Go with me to Psalm 27, verse 4. Hallelujah. We are continuing a message series entitled Hunger and Thirst. The goal of this message series is to, uh, is to ignite uh, such a hunger in your life after God and after the things of God. After the things of God. That is the purpose of this series. I want you to get to a place, let me tell you something, that you become so satisfied with God that nothing else matters. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something tonight. If you have a hunger and thirst for God, you will never lack anything in your life. You want to know why you are being, you want to know why sometimes you're experiencing a def, uh, deficiencies in your life? Because that, is a, because that is a tail sign of where your hunger level is with God. That's why you got some, that's why you get, when you're feeling low, you've been low too long. That's why you're low too long and you're not getting anything. You're not spending any time in God's presence. That's a problem. The theme, the theme verse for this scripture is Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 before we read Psalm 27 verse 4. It is a promise that has been given to us by Jesus himself, and he says it clearly. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. For they shall be filled. So the reality of the situation is, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus in his beatitude shows us, ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the characteristic of a kingdom citizen. An attribute of a kingdom citizen. It is one who is hungry and thirsty after righteousness. And the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, we have appetites for so many different things. And we have our appetites for so many different things, and we have all of these options, options, options. And the reality is, Jesus is saying, only those who make me their only option will be filled. You want to live a fulfilled life? Give your life to Christ. You want to live a filled life? Keep yourself in devotion with God. Because the reality is, is that if you are not in devotion with God, and if you have not made God your only option, then guess what? You're going to experience some deficiency. Hallelujah. You're going to be malnutrition. Because guess what? You got saved folk who are already malnutrition because they stand on milk. Hallelujah. And they haven't matured in the faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. They're so caught up on the milk and all, all of this other stuff that they haven't graduated to the meat and to the potatoes and to the vegetables. They haven't gotten their appetite in order. So if you saw, if the milk of the word is the only thing that's getting you up and making you shout, that's why most pastors ain't going that far in the meat of the word. Because you know why? Because you're so stuck on the milk that you can't even take the extra stuff that really gives you the fulfillment you need. I'm working in here now. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, it, the goal is to live a filled life. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them, stay filled. So last week we talked about the blessing of the hungry and the thirsty soul, which is there. Now I want to bring your attention tonight to a message entitled, One Thing. Let's go to Psalm 27, verse 4. Psalm 27, verse 4. It says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. 
I have two questions I want to ask you, and, not, and I'll continue to ask all throughout this series. The two questions is, who are you hungering and thirsting after? And what are you hungering and thirsting for? There has to be who and what. A lot of us are hungry for different things. Hungry to be in a relationship with someone. Hungry for to be so successful, and there's nothing wrong with being successful. But the reality is if your perspective is only shaped on that, then you will never be fulfilled. So many people are so hungry for titles. Hungry for having so many accolades behind their name. And yet they, they, they continue to go to school after school. They're going to be called a master doctorate doctorate for different things. What the, why? Because you have to keep going and going in order for that to give you some type of fulfillment. Some of us in this room get ourselves caught up in the relationships, which I really call situationships anyway, with people and things because you want marriage. You want this. You want that. And then you begin to sell yourself short because you end up getting the very thing and do not feel fulfilled. Some of you finally get the position you want in church. You finally get in it and realize this is not what I thought it would be. <laughs> oh, I'm coming to your row in a second. The reality is, is this. What are you hungering and thirsting for? Because I have another key thought that I would like to give you. Here's the key thought that our pursuit must follow our desire. Because whatever you desire, you begin to pursue. If you see to my brothers in the room who are single, if you see a fine girl and that fits your desire, you are going to pursue. Y'all are quiet. I need some Jesus. If you, if, if, to the ladies, if you see the brother that fits your description, you are going to pursue. Well, I don't really pursue like that. Wrong. You put yourself in the, in the, in the area, in the vicinity. Huh? You make, your, you make yourself available. When my dad was playing basketball at Calvary Hall, what my mom do? Let me go scoot up over there and give me a ball. Play. I'm going to put myself in the vicinity. You put yourself there, she got it. Made it all the way to the finish line, amen. Because <laughs> whatever you, whatever, whatever you decide to pursue, it first became a desire. You do not pursue things that you don't have a passion for. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're hungry and if your thirst is caught up in your flesh, then the flesh is going to want what gratifies itself. Hallelujah. If alcohol is what satisfies you, you know, let me just cozy up to that Jack Daniel. Amen. <laughs> if sex is what satisfies you and gives you fulfillment, I'm saying outside of marriage, by the way, because 
Sex is meant to be enjoyed. <laughs> it was for your good pleasure, amen. <laughs> All of y'all should be shouting hallelujah, and I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. See, but act like they holy and dial in here. Come on. You okay. <laughs> you're all right. The fact, the fact of the matter is, look, so you go, I said if you're married. That's the first thing I said. So the reality is this. The reality is this. Whatever you desire for and whatever your desire is, is that is that which you will begin to pursue. The reality is, is that we're living in a time now with even as believers where there is a great falling away. This was told to us, but you have people who are falling away. There's so many options. There's a, there's a, a buffet of theology. <laughs> it's a buffet of theology. Let me mix everything and put it on my plate and see which one tastes best. <laughs> Hallelujah. I like this Jesus guy, but he's telling me that if any man desires to follow me, he must die. And oh, mm, I can only take the eternal life part. Let me just go over here. <laughs> so let me stay like so. I like what goes on the world. Let me put that on my plate. I like a little bit of this whole everyone makes it in the heaven type of feel. Uh, let me put that on my plate. Hey, I'm one of those people who believe that heaven and hell ain't real in the first place. It's like Santa Claus. I don't understand where that came from. But let me put it on my plate. I like what that brother's serving up. Let me, let me, let me put that on my plate. <laughs> oh, I like this conscious, this conscious. I'm, 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 whatever I think, I guess. This conscious type of feel. Let me let me put that on there. You know, conscious. It's whatever I have in my mentality. So if I'm currently driving an Accord, I'm going to put it in my conscious to drive a Tesla. Conscious. <laughs> All about what's going on in the mind. So we're serving up different things, putting it on one plate. And whatever tastes the best. It's almost like people with their, uh, in church, I don't like this church. A little bit too much word for me. Let me go where it's a little light. <laughs> Let me go to where the good stuff is. Let me go over there. So we go from here to here. We're jumping all around because we're trying to put different things on the plate. That satisfies us. That's right, Jacozy. It's funny. It's very funny. The reality is this is what type of world we are living in now. But here's the thing. Here's what separates you. If you are holy, what separates the whole holy people? Because look at, listen here. Holiness, let me, let me give you, come to me. Holiness has nothing to do with what you wear. Because if it had anything to do with what you wear, then a lot of people would be so. <laughs> Holiness has nothing to do that you wear makeup and you don't. Holiness has nothing to do that you wear that little thing on your hat, on your head with a long white dress. Or for some people, nurse's gown. Don't make you no holier than the next person. <laughs> Hallelujah. What makes, what makes a person holy is that they've first given their lives to Christ, and now they have been set apart. That's what makes you holy. 
He said, be ye holy for I am holy. What does that mean? God is set apart from every other God, so therefore his people got to be set apart because he stands on a class by himself. So if he's set apart, that means my behavior has to then begin to match the very one that I've put myself under. That's what makes you holy. <laughs> Holiness has nothing to do with your attire. You look at somebody, oh, her church is his heart. You look at somebody, oh, he got too many tattoos. You look at somebody, you got all of this stuff. You already judging what's on the outer appearance, but their life might be a little bit more holy and sanctified than yours. <laughs> I tell you the truth. The reality is this, ladies and gentlemen, that holiness, holiness has to be your desire because if holiness is not a desire of yours, then you will never pursue it. The reality is this also is that perfection, God is not looking for perfection. God is looking for a spirit, that, uh, looking for a person that he, he can mold and shape. So it don't matter if you're not perfect. He ain't looking for you to be perfect. He's looking for you to be willing to say, okay, you got that flaw. Let me count. I mean, you, you are on the potter's wheel. Let me, let me, let me mold you. Let me, let me get that crack out of you. Because at the end, you're going to come out looking like a perfect sculpture. Hallelujah. The very fact of the matter is this. God is looking for a person that he can shape and mold into his image. into the image of God. Here in our text, ladies and gentlemen, we have David. This is a song of David. David begins to talk about the one thing, the one thing that he's desiring for. David begins to also, in this same psalm, he's talking about how God has delivered him from the hands of his enemies. How Saul was on his case trying to get him. How his enemies were against him, and yet he still prevailed. And here he talks about the one thing. So here's the deal. We have so many things we like to focus on, but haven't narrowed it down to the one thing. You do not have a fixed focus if your mind is caught up in so many things. Let me tell you something, that if, just because your hands is in many things don't mean that you are productive. That just means you're busy. But if you don't have your hands in things and there's not fruit from it, then, that'll, then what are you doing it for? You're just busy. Here's the deal. He, he, he's here. He says the one thing. I have to deal with this. The one thing. What is your one thing? Because let me tell you something. Whatever your one thing is, is what is shaping your pursuit. Oh, man. Here's the thing about hungry and thirsty. Your, your soul can be hungry for a lot of things. Right now, I'm on a cleanse. I'm hungry to be eating some of those chicken tenders that you saw back there. I'm on a cleanse for 31 days. And so I'm looking at all you little heathens eating all the food. And I'm looking like, man, I wish I can have a burger slider. Because I'm hungry for that. 
Let me tell you, whatever you made up your mind to hungry for, you're going to go get it. Even if it's bad. <laughs> Nothing will stop that pursuit. <laughs> oh, my God. And let me tell you something, ladies. You shouldn't sell yourself out just for any old body because if they want you bad enough, y'all ain't trying to mess with me. Let me just keep moving. Y'all, no, whatever. Whatever. Let me keep going. So. Here's the deal. He's talking about the one thing. He said, one thing that I desire of who? The Lord. He makes the object plain. The one thing I desire of the Lord. Many people want that one thing from somebody or from something. But David makes it very clear the one thing that I desire from can only come from God. So the reality is that the different things that you are trying to put in your life to meet a supernatural problem cannot be filled with the natural. And so the only way you can get it is from God. But if it's not a desire, if it's not your one thing, but you have everything in place of the one that you should get it from, you will be disappointed and you will not be filled. He said the one thing, the one thing I desire of God, that is what I seek. Listen here, David is a king. David is a king. So he could ask for anything that he wants. One thing I desire of the Lord, one thing I desire is more money. One thing I desire is to get more women. He already had enough, but hey, he probably couldn't help himself. The reality is he could ask for anything that he wants. He said, one thing that I desire of the Lord. His, his son, God asked his son Solomon, I'll give you anything you want, what you want. He said, I'm asking for wisdom. And wisdom can only be found in God. God can give you wisdom that surpasses any book you read. He says, the one thing that I desire of God is that which I seek after. Hallelujah. It's the one thing that I make my pursuit and my request of. Oh, my God, help me in this room tonight. And if you don't have him as your one thing and understand that that only thing can only come from God, you're lost. Hallelujah. Because it's only God who can give you the one thing. Oh, my God, help me in this room tonight. And the one thing that you really need from God is life. And the life you're looking for is only found. In the thing that can give it to you. In the person of Jesus Christ. He said the one thing I desire of the Lord. That. He said I, I, I need that from you. Here's the deal. If you got it in your mind that you can get it from everybody else. You're never going to come to him and ask. <laughs> if you think you can get it from everybody else, see, the reality is we live in a world that they think they can get it from anybody else or any other thing. 
And when you finally, it still does not give you the satisfaction. Why am I harboring so much on this point? Because, ladies and gentlemen, we do stuff that, has to, that are only for momentary solutions. It's only momentary. God is about a long-lasting, quenching your every need right then and there. Jesus told the woman at the well, if you knew who you was talking to. Hallelujah. Some of you pray, but you don't really know who you're talking to. If you really knew who I was, you would ask for this living water and you'll never thirst again if you knew who God was for yourself. God, I praise you tonight. Hallelujah. If you, cause that, that's why you're afraid to ask God for the one thing because you don't know who you're talking to. Oh, my God. But when you know who you're talking to and you know what he has and God said, I'm going to bless you with every spiritual blessing. When you know who you're talking to. Hallelujah. You can ask what you will. Hallelujah. You can ask what you will. You can ask God according to his will. And God said, here you go. Yeah. If you're looking for God to heal your broken heart, you can ask what he can only do. And nothing and nobody can fill a broken heart like God can. If you need comfort in your spirit, he said, I'm the God of all comfort. If you knew who you were talking to, you would pray to God for comfort and he'll give it to you. If you only knew. I didn't come to play with you tonight. The very fact of the matter is, you better know God for yourself. The very fact of the matter is, is when you seek God, you're not seeking God amiss, but I'm seeking God because I know who I'm praying to. Those, oh my God, who know their God. Hallelujah. Their faces shall be radiant and they shall be without shame. If you knew who you were talking to. reality is he said I would give you this living water hallelujah and see here's the deal you so wrapped up in the natural she thought like whoa where can I find that water Jesus said I'm not talking about that I'm talking about a water in your soul that cannot be quenched by anything else you got six husbands don't you hallelujah and the one you with ain't yours right now but if you taste it my god if you drink this You'll never, you'll never thirst again. You'll never thirst again. You'll never long for nothing in your life. Because <laughs> it's the one thing. You can only get the one thing from God. He said, one thing that I desire of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to this until you get it in, out of your head that whatever thing that you have in the God's place will never, never give you the satisfaction that you think you're going to have. See, your ignorance and your pride will think that you don't need God and that God cannot do that in your life. It's a foolish man, foolish person. That think that there is no God and that you don't need him. You a fool and you're living life empty. Hallelujah. 
I got money. Money's good. I don't preach against money. You should have it. I don't believe in people being broke. You need money. How many people need more money? Thank you. If your hand is not in the room, I'll be concerned about you. You're preaching that prosperity gospel. The gospel yet alone is prosperous. He said he became poor that I might become rich. So if you want to stay poor, that's disobedient from what God came to do. You stay in the slum. Brandon going to have a nice house with a nice car. I already drive one now. <laughs> anyway, here's the deal. He said, one thing that I desire of God, that is what I seek after. He said that I may dwell. Here's the thing. Number one, we must set our mind and heart on Jesus being the one thing. Go to the verse for me, Daniel. As the deer pants for the water brook, so, so pants my soul for you, O God. As the deer pants for the water brook, so does my soul. So it's saying that so is my soul thirst for you as a deer, making a reference to a deer, how he comes to the water for refreshing. So does my soul come to Jesus for refreshing. He is my refreshing. I don't know about you, but have you ever came to God on a down moment and you felt kind of on E and you came to him as you were and God began to refresh your soul? He's the one thing. He is the one thing. It's nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. He is the one thing. So you have to set your heart and mind. Said, love the Lord God with all your heart and all of your soul. That's what Moses told the people of Israel. Love the Lord with all of you. He's the one thing. So you got to set your heart and your mind on Jesus being the one thing. Give me point two. We must set our mind and heart on the presence of God being the one thing. Watch this. If your mind and stuff like that is not on the presence of God, here's the deal. You want to be around people that reflects the presence of God. Because putting yourself around company that does not reflect the presence of God, there is no refreshing there. See, if Jesus is your one thing, and you set your mind on him, then anything that does not reflect the presence of God, I get uncomfortable. Oh, my God. Anything that does not reflect the image of God. That's why you want to know why Jesus said that what fellowship does light have with darkness? Because nothing, because dark, oh, my God, people with darkness in their heart get irritated around light. Jesus, I praise you tonight. The very fact of the matter is, is when you get around people, they want to make these claims. Oh, you too deep. You too holy. You too all of this stuff because you're uncomfortable with my identity. 
Hallelujah. And I don't got to change who I am. So, oh my God, for you to fit in. Either you're going to come the way I am or you got nothing. Hallelujah. I'm not worried about you. I got to put myself around the presence of God. Why does the Bible say do not forsake the assembly of the God, oh my God, of the people? Because it's when the people of God get together, when light comes together, there's something that happens in the room where demons begin to tremble and the very strongholds that you came in with gets broken because the presence of God is there. Hallelujah, I feel it now. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the only way of God's presence is where light is gathered together, where things can happen and unbelievers can come to repentance. You want to know why you're not seeing no miracles in your church? You want to know why your churches are dead? Because they have no power. They're not hungry and thirsting after the true and living God. Hallelujah. The church in this Western Hemisphere has become so caught up in their greed. Has caught so caught up in their commercialism. And that's why they're not trying to lead anybody. We're comfortable with our coffee and tea. We're comfortable with all this good old stuff. But the reality is, oh my God, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And you sitting on your morals. You sitting, oh, I'm good. And oh, you got boys and girls getting shot with guns coming up into Annapolis. Killing folk who are innocent. What is What's wrong with this picture? Because if you're hungry and thirsting after God, God is a God of justice. And why in the world are you staying on your butt and not doing anything? And you worried about huh, Trump this, Trump that. Trump is not the issue. You got politicians sitting right there on their tails in your state, not helping you. This issue existed way before Trump. Trump is your scapegoat for you doing nothing with your life. Oh, if I'm good. Hallelujah. That's all that matters. I'm not worried about you. But guess what? You'll change your whole mentality once that come up your street. Once somebody's affected on what they got going on in your life, your whole mentality will change. And then you'll want the same people say, can you come out here and pick it with us? Because it came to your neck of the woods. That's what tells me God ain't the main thing. Because God, if you God is the main thing, God is a man of people. And he does not like to see the abuse. He does not like to see the hurt. And that's why he raised up a Moses. And he said, I heard the cries of my people. And now I want you to go down there and deliver them. It's the presence of God. And you won't put oh my God. I can't stand to be in this area. And I feel this whole comfortability that's all around Howard. It's all around there. Oh, my God. Oh, I just go to my little yoga class, and I'm a little soccer mom. I prepare all the little orange slices. Yes, me and little Timmy, we're going out here all around. The reality is, look, little Timmy's in danger. Oh, it will never happen out here in Howard County. You just bet. 
It'll come to you. It's going to come right on your front desk. Oh, pray for little Timmy because all oh, is coming for you. Because the reality is your ignorance lets you know, oh, this only happens in black communities. Oh, but it's coming up your turn. Oh, my God. It's coming up your turn in the woods. Guess what? You are not exempt. And that's why the presence of God is important because you got to establish the kingdom of God in places that are dark. But if you worried about yourself, me, myself, and I, that's all I got in my own. If you already worried about me, myself, and I, you're not going to go nowhere. Hallelujah. The fact of the matter is the presence of God. You want to know why there's certain darkness in certain communities? Because we ain't brought the presence of God there. They haven't known of the light. <laughs> Hallelujah. You start bringing the light. Bring the light to where it is. And it exposes the darkness. Here's the issue. You got we, we don't encourage enough of our young boys and young girls to get involved in politics. We put a basketball in their hand. Nothing wrong with playing basketball. Nothing wrong with playing football. But we put all of this stuff in their hands Rather than put in a, tell them, oh, go, go get in that office. We need more light in the offices. We need more of the presence of God in these places of power. Jesus did not die for you and I to build these little churches and you sit in your churches and we sit because we got a nice building and we just allow people, oh, God don't care about your mausoleums because that's all it is. When was the last time somebody came in there and they got healed based upon their power? Let me tell you something. You got nothing. You got nothing but a mausoleum. That's all of our churches have become. You come in, you pay your tithes, and you go back out. We're not worried about the presence of God. I'm on a mission. The very fact of the matter is... After I get done here, we're going to turn this whole Howard County upside down. After I get done with it, it will not look the same. Because my thing is, I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep going out there. And because I'm going to keep putting pressure out there. Because the reality is, the more you put pressure on it, it got the, the, the oh my God, the principality's got to let its grip go. Hallelujah. The more you put pressure in prayer over your life, guess what? The principality's got to go. Your generational stronghold's got to leave because you're putting pressure on it. Shout hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, glory. I need the presence of God. Help me get out of here, Daniel. I need point three. We must see our, we must set our mind and heart on the will of God being the one thing we pursue. Put the verse up there, Colossians 3, verse 1 through 2. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above which Christ is setting I mean sitting at on at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on things on the earth listen listen to me how can you be a spiritual being living for a place that is not even your is not even your eternal home here's the deal there's a lot of believers and unbelievers live with the mentality that this is your final this is your final destination let me tell you something. There's two prepared places. <laughs> There's two prepared places. You living to go somewhere. 
uh, heaven is a figure in imagination. Listen, I wouldn't want to get to the end of my life and take the bet of listening to a fool like Pastor Tim Rogers telling you that heaven and hell is a figment of imagination. I would not take my chances on that. Because at the end of the day, either I'm really wrong or I'm really right. Something in me tells me that I'm not wrong. I got this warm, fuzzy feeling that I'm not wrong. I have this feeling. So what we do, we live with the world as our mentality. I just want to stack up my coin, you know what I'm saying? Guess what? Solomon said, you can't take that to the place where you're going. Because guess what? You are no more than a pilgrim traveling. And this just ain't for the believer neither. Unbelievers, you traveling. You're going somewhere. You walking somewhere. You can make all the money you want here. Live it up. Cool beans. Nothing wrong with that. Go ahead and do what you're going to do. Do it. Live it up to the fullest. Here's the deal. This is not your, this is not your destination. But if you, if you live with that mentality, you won't be filled. Here's the deal. As he says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is. Paul is saying, seek those things where Christ is. Where is Christ? On the right hand of the Father. And where is the right hand of the Father? In heaven. You want to seek those type of things. Want to know why? Because it is those things, that is where your purpose and destiny come from. If you don't believe me, go back to Psalm 27, verse 4. I'm about to show you. It's right here. He says that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty and to seek him in his temple. Listen, to inquire of the Lord. You want to know why you don't really know the direction of where your life is? Because you're not inquiring of the Lord. Why set your mind on things above? Knock, 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 knock. Because the creator of heaven and earth who's the author and the finisher of your faith, is there. So you may want to get to talk to him. God ain't in heaven. How can I talk to God? He don't hear me. I don't even know if he's real. Well, inquire. See for yourself. Don't take my word on it. If you really want to know if there's a God, why don't you talk to him? Again, don't take my word on it. Who am I? I'm just a pastor with a mic. Don't mean what I say is true. Don't mean what I say is wrong. I hope what I'm saying is true. Hopefully that you see what it see. See it for yourself. Say this Pastor B, he probably know what he's talking about. I would like to think so. He said, I want you to seek him to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. I want to be in his presence because in his presence is where I can inquire about what I'm supposed to do. Before you make any big decision in life, 
you need to consult God. When you make a decision on whether you should take a job or an opportunity, what field you should go into school, what you should do with your life, if you should get, your, if you should get married to this specific person, you better inquire of the Lord. You want to know why you see a lot of broken marriages? Because guess what? They weren't inquiring. They were only inquiring of how much did that ring cost? Because I want the most blingiest ring ever. And what happened? You get into an abusive relationship. He knocking you to the daylight side of you, and you didn't inquire of him. If you inquired of him, God would have told you, he's an abuser. Red flag. Flag out on the play. If you had inquired, if you would have got to know, you would have known. Man, you shouldn't get hooked. Let me tell you something. I'm telling you, the spirit is real. There's been moments in my life where it's though temptation came and you heard God say, run. <laughs> and you run. And you run for your life. You get up out of there. You are, I'm telling you, I was at certain places and I just heard, leave. Then come to find out, bruh, did you hear what they started doing? They start stabbing. I was like, yes. Made it out. The reality is God speaks. But I don't hear audible voice. Guess what? God will speak to you in your own, in your own, out of the way you speak. And you know it ain't you. God, I really want to stay here right now. I'm having too much fun. Leave. And it gets so loud. Leave. Leave. Get out of there. Here's it. Here's it. I'm coming to a close. I'm coming. To inquire of him. Some of you, you need to get hungry and thirsty because God in this season is not playing games with any of you. Your day of excuses are over. You have no excuse. Your day of blaming people for where you are not at is over. What are you going to do about yourself? Your day of being timid is over. You either get with the party. Or you get left behind. That's the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is, you may want to inquire where you're going. Because if you inquire of the Lord, he will come to where you are. And he will begin to speak to you. And speak to your heart. And tell you. That, how do I know this? Because when the spirit of truth comes. He will lead you into all truth. You saying you don't have any understanding, let the spirit of truth lead you in the truth. Why are you so worried? I can't do this. This is so bigger than me. If it was not, you would not need God. And so because you need God, this should even put your life even more at ease because you now know that he's responsible to get you to there. 
You and I are no more than partners with God. That's it. All you need to do is give God a yes. When he tells you to do what you need to do, oh, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. That takes me out of my introvertness. Who cares? You want to live a filled life? Hunger and thirst after the one thing. Let him be the one thing. Here is the deal. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. When you put yourself in the one thing, everything revolves around it. God to give you that man you want. God to give you that woman you want. God to give you that job you've been, you've been praying for. God to give you God, that, that cancellation when you make him the one thing. Your soul will be satisfied. Stand to your feet.